podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, still long-haired co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? Buddy? Not much. Uh, you know, it won't be for long. Uh, so yeah. en- enjoy it while you can. The hockey hair is going away as of Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's time. It's just time. It's bothering me. Uh, it's like all I can think about because it's just constantly on my neck. It's horrible when I run. Let me just say. Oh, that. I can't even imagine that. I cannot. Uh, I, it's horrible when I would. So I, I got my hair cut. Uh, this is not what we intended to talk about to start no. off the show today. <laughs> but I got my hair cut for the first time at an actual, uh, a really, really upscale salon uh, called Great Clips. Oh, okay. I thought you, you got me. You got, I was like, oh, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went to Great Clips for the first time since like February or something or March because my wife had been like shaving my head and then I'd let it grow out on top a little bit and then she'd trim the sides again. And so I go to, to Great Clips and I sit down and I said, yeah, this is the first time that I've I've gone to a salon or a place. I don't think I called it a salon <laughs> uh, to get my hair cut uh, since since the pandemic started. And the, the hairdresser goes, yeah, I can kind of tell. Oh, oh man. Because, because it's really hard to blend hair. Right. right so, right. so when I'm doing the, the only reason I'm getting my haircut in the first place to look presentable is because I have to do video work for, for the NFL season. Right. Sure. I, I would not be, I don't care enough to, to, to do, you know, I, I would get it normally if there wasn't a pandemic, but I'm sure that I would continue to let my wife just shave my head all the time. Yeah. Uh, if not for the video stuff that I did. But the thing is, is that I'm only looking straight at a camera in those and so you can't see how it's blended really, right? Right, right? As a result. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I did need to get to a point where like like I didn't have to really like worry about it and, and whatnot for for the video stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was pretty funny. But the woman, you know, the hairdresser was like, It's not easy to blend hair. It's not easy. It's and not so, so like she she actually gave my wife like a semi thumbs up, like it wasn't that horrible of a job. It's a very difficult thing to do. I uh, tilt with Melissa every time we cut Xavier's hair these days uh, during during the pandemic. Uh, and it's it's a horrible thing to have to fade his hair properly. Uh, in fact, I think one time. No, I know one time uh, Melissa took a chunk out of it and uh, we had to we had to very uh, subtly recover from from that from that error. I You know what I thought you were going to say uh, when the when the hairdresser. Uh, responded, you know, to you saying, this is the first haircut I've had in a long time. I thought uh, this is the first haircut I've had during the pandemic. I thought the uh, hairdresser was going to say, it's not a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) It's not technically a pandemic. Yeah, right, right, right. uh, Um, But yeah, it was it was a a good experience overall. So good job to Great Clips for that. Uh, You guys can surely sponsor the show. Well, yes, yes, please. Uh, Your haircut went better than your week in the living the stream listener league. Is that, is that correct? It, it, it did. It did. So 
I now am sixth or seventh in points scored in that league. There's 14 teams. My team's fine. I mean, I, Denny beat me week one, as you guys know, by like six points. Mm-hmm. And then in week two, I faced Tom Everett Scott, our buddy, right? Mm-hmm. And Tom uh, literally <laughs> j- just put me in a cement truck. Yeah. And dump me out onto the street, and I can't move anymore because I'm stuck. I'm I'm a part of the 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 world now. Right. You you were a, a teenager in a uh, in a horror movie in a slasher film. Yeah, it was you awful. Know, it was awful. And 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 Tom was the was the monster. I, I it, it was it was a terrible terrible. Yeah, I couldn't think of a good metaphor. It was a, te- <laughs> it was a terrible terrible experience. Tom's team. Let me just let me just say some names from his team. Ready? You have Russell Wilson, mm. who goes nuts. You have Calvin Ridley, who continues to go nuts. Which, by the way, Calvin Ridley, my teams are dominating right now because of Calvin Ridley. Yeah, my team suck right now because of Julio Jones. <laughs> and then DJ Moore, who had another, you know, a strong game. Like I shouldn't say another, but he had a strong game. He had over a hundred yards. CMC, Kareem Hunt, mm. Tyler Higby, and Noah Fant. Wow! Wow! Yeah. He got he, four tight end touchdowns. Yeah, it was out of control. Wow. Kareem Hunt scores twice. CMC, CMC score, he scored twice too, right? DJ yeah. Moore has the 100-yard game. Calvin Ridley scores twice. Man. Russell Wilson throws 45 touchdowns. How am I supposed to beat that? <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to beat that. But honestly, it's better to just get absolutely chainsawed like that rather than, you know, to lose like 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 you lost last week to me, you know, which which is fine with yeah, me. Yeah, that would be that would be worse. Yeah. But that, that's way worse. I mean, at least you know you can log on and, and, and look at your score at like two o'clock and be like, ah, okay, it's over. Like, yeah, that's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but I'm, I'm already, I'm already gunning for the most points, not in spot in the playoffs. Yeah. I think I got that last year too. Uh, or maybe I just missed out in time. I can't remember, but, uh, I, I'm already gunning for that. I'm Owen two. I have the most points against by 50 in mm. the league. I, who made this schedule? Who is the commissioner of this league? Goodell. I swear. Uh, speaking of, of poor starts, I mean, not that your team is terrible. My team in the apex league is actually terrible. I have Will Fuller. I have AJ Brown. I have no running backs, as you know, but you have, you have, you have Leonard Fournette now. Yeah. And guess what? His 27 points were on the damn bench this week. So, uh, I, I, I just, I had, I have nothing in that league for, for once, for once in the apex league, uh, I feel completely dejected i'm usually super confident about how i approach that league uh the injuries and the lack of running back upside which is that's that's on me you know i I did not hit on the running backs who were were going to make zero rb viable and now i'm gonna i'm in for a season of a pain man a pain i may not win a game that that's just my I went I I went with the uh, the the high T approach and I took three running backs in the first five rounds of that draft. I know. And you're owning everyone. So congratulations. I am in first right now. I don't think I have the best roster, but I am in first. It's just like a solid roster. Like there's there's not like these like crazy league winners. It's just a solid roster. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, let's look at what happened last week. Uh, I, I would say that this is probably one of the worst starts in our history yeah. of living the stream yeah. in terms of quarterback streaming. Uh, defenses got back on the right track, though. We had Arizona, Green Bay, and Cleveland. Arizona scored nine. Cleveland, uh, uh, or sorry, yeah, Green, Green Bay scored 12, and Cleveland scored four. So not a bad week for defensive streaming. At tight end, we had a lot, or we had Tennessee also who scored five. They were at the bottom of the list on accident, though. Um, <laughs> 
so not not a bad week at all uh, on the defensive side. Uh, tight ends. We had a lot of tight ends this week because uh, what we do is we we give our tight end takes on the Tuesday episodes so that you guys can at least work with something going into the, the following week um, or going into the, the waiver wire. But the the issue is that so many things change throughout the week and we want to update people uh, who are relying on our, our insight uh, for their tight end position. So what we do is we update the Patreon page and that's what we did throughout this past week. We added Dalton Schultz. He scored 21.8 points. We added Jordan Reed. He scored 24 points. We added Dan Arnold as a deeper play. He had 4.6. We added Mo Ali Cox, uh, who had 16.1. Chris Herndon had 1.5. Logan Thomas had 6.6. Jimmy Graham, 2.8. CJ Uzama, huge call by Denny this past week, (laughs) 14.2. And then Ian Thomas was a deeper play. It was just a dart throw type play. He did nothing. He did nothing in, in that game, which I, I, I'm just it, just nothing. Absolutely we are nothing. we are now entering the the Chris Manhurts era in Carolina. I think a tight yeah, end. We're we're done. We're done with Ian Thomas. Rest of season. I, I'm done with tight ends in that on that team. And they have a 5.7 percent target share. The tight ends do in that on that team so far. Uh, can I say as as devastating as the Uzama injury was, and I'm not talking about for fantasy. I mean, he was he was having a great game, and you know he uh, blows out his. Achilles, I think. I think it was. So you know, it's, you, you hate to see that. And then Drew Sample comes in though, and yeah. absolutely. And we'll talk about him in a minute. Just tears it up from uh, uh, fr- from there. So uh, I think we learned a lot about you know Cleveland as a, a tight end matchup. J- there. J- just beware of the the Drew small sample size. No. Oh, sorry guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, but then we had quarterbacks. Okay. Mm. Philip Rivers, 11 points, pretty bad. Tyrod Taylor was a deeper play for us because we didn't like the matchup. Uh, he, he apparently has like, like really like legitimate, like, like hum- not, not just like, Oh, I broke a bone, but like legitimate human organ health issues. Like his yeah. lungs are messed up. Well, they, they punctured his lung, right? Right, right. Yes. I was reading a thread from pro football doc about it and it's like, it's just like, it's horrific. It sounds horrible. So I, I think that that's why Anthony Lynn is intent on having Tyrod keep Tyrod keep <laughs> yeah, the job. Probably right? right because because he feels he feels like shit about it. Sorry, to this kiss, is a good, I mean, this is a great point. I never thought about this. I, I think that you know he's thinking our medical team jabs our starting quarterback in the lungs with a pain shot when when you know you're just trying to numb what numb his ribs is that was that the issue. I hope they, they're not numbing his lungs. Yeah, well, and and I mean, but the the ribs, no, I think. Yeah, and, yeah, it was like the cartilage in between yeah, his ribs. Yeah, and ribs. and so which sounds horrible, by the way. And then, but you know, he goes through and puncture. I think Anthony Lynn's like, we can't let Taylor go out like that. We have to give him another shot. How are there not conspiracy theories out there yet? Oh, I saw some. Oh, okay. okay. I saw some. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there there has to be a ton of them, right? I I hadn't. I don't know why my brain did not. Imagine. I'm so naive, Denny. I like. I, I don't even. I don't even think of that stuff. And then I'm like, oh wow, this is actually okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw one uh, conspiracy theory that uh, uh, Tarod Taylor had COVID, and the team didn't want to fess up. But, oh, that that's that's, but that's a lot. I mean, he's like that's on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not true. But I mean, that's the the first thing I saw on Twitter was this thread about how like he was exhibiting signs of COVID. I mean, it's just. The, I mean, the most broken brain stuff you've ever seen, but it's out if, there. 
if NFL coaches are getting fined $100,000 for not wearing a mask, oh. I don't think the Chargers franchise, I think it would cease to exist yeah, if, they, yeah, they, if, they, if they allowed Tyrod Taylor to yes. be on the sideline with COVID. They would be eliminated, I believe. <laughs> yeah, they would all be looking for jobs. Uh, we also had Kirk Cousins. Oh, God. Kirk Cousins sucks. He sucks. High key, high key. He high key is not good, and I'm so sick of Kirk. And you know what? I don't even care. I, there was a tweet that I. Th- so do you remember uh, the the one interview that Kirk Cousins did like a month ago, where he said, like, if, if I, I die. if I die, I die, or something like that. Someone someone in my mentions this week was like, I stream Kirk Cousins. If I die, I die. And you did, you did. I mean, you, you're, yeah, you you're absolutely dead. There were some formats where people scored negative 20 or more points yeah scott fish with cousins oh my god that's unbelievable the the difference between like russell wilson and kirk cousins and scott fishbowl this week was like 100 points it was oh, like it was like 70 points that's just bananas i mean he yeah he's un, unusable he's unusable and that that whole offense is just like like are you guys even trying are you are you playing the game of football right now like uh, what are you doing so I didn't see any of that game, but I was tracking Thielen's targets because I had him in a bunch of DFS lineups. The guy has three catches on three targets like immediately, right? Like yeah. in the first quarter and then nothing else. He didn't do anything else from there. That, that, that if, if I'm a Vikings fan, I hate football right now. Like like a, a legitimate oh. hardcore Vikings fan that oh. I live and die by my fandom. I mean, you're 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 contemplating not watching football for the rest of the season. I think our, our friend, friend of the show, uh, Sam Swerven, uh, is a, is a hardcore Vikings fan, and I and I am sure that he hates everything and everyone right now. And I can't blame him. I play all my Vikings people on Twitter, and and it's a good group actually. I mean, as, yeah, I like Vikings Twitter, as a group yeah. of fans. Uh, you know, they're you know they're not rude. Uh, you know, they're not bombastic, too bombastic, and. and and uh you know so i feel bad i feel bad for them but wow you're you're done you're finished yeah it's it's no seahawks twitter but it's definitely a pretty oh, good twitter. uh kirk cousins though scores minus 1.48 points so the fortunate thing though is that we did like Tannehill a good bit last week um he ended up scoring 26.76 points so hopefully you guys were able to i mean hopefully you were able to get rivers too who we liked more than, than cousins as well um but uh Tannehill, at least, you know, with the high team total, we went with the process pretty hard there with Tannehill, yeah. um, and it worked out. And he scored four touchdowns, and, and that was that was big for the week. Well, he was technically Tannehill was technically the cover boy of the uh, true the Patreon post for the streamers. True. So true, yeah. So we'll go with that. All right, let's have a we're gonna we're gonna have a great week this week. I can feel it. Let's do it. Uh, I will actually. You kick things off at defense. Okay. Defense. All right, we have. Well, I have two two defense. I'll, I'll start with Colts. Uh, the Colts are just an absolute no-brainer, available in 57% of leagues. Uh, I, I can't wait for the number of not-in-my-league uh, replies here, but uh, you know they're, they're out there in a good number of leagues. The Colts are 10.5-point home favorites. Sam Darnold has been under pressure on 37% of his dropbacks this year. That's at the eighth-highest rate in the league so far. And on top of that, uh, Indianapolis's 13.2% sack rate is the highest in the league. So I'm guessing that be with the game script and with those two stats, I just cited Darnold will be running for his life for the entire day. And also Jamison Crowder is probably going to be out. Rashad Perriman is probably going to be out. Not that that matters a whole lot, but you're going to have a, 
Chris Hogan as yeah, you know, the wide receiver one for New York. So uh, I, I think it's like the safest possible play this week. The Colts. Chris Hogan is no longer on the field just getting exercise. He's actually it, getting he's actually getting targets in an offense in the the year of our Lord twenty twenty. But who's the other guy? Braxton something. Got yeah, Braxton tar- Barrios. Yeah, he yeah. Who, yeah, Ten, eight, I, I, eight targets. It's un, un, unreal. It's unreal how bad their their pass catchers are. Just okay. un, not only that. I mean, like it's crazy because they went into the season with probably the worst pass catchers or one of the worst groups yeah. of pass catchers in the league, and then everyone gets hurt. Denzel Mims is hurt. You get Jamison Crowder banged up. Le'Veon Bell even out of the backfield banged up. I mean, it's like they can't Brashad Perriman. They can't catch a break. But I, I don't. I, I don't really have this like feeling that it would be so significantly better even if these guys were healthy because Adam Gase is so bad probably not yeah um I actually might like Cleveland more than Indianapolis Ooh, this week. okay yeah, that's, that's right, my me. that's my hot take I, I okay. think Indy's safer for sure if Indy's out there on your waiver wire but uh Cleveland has one of the higher pressure rates uh in uh the NFL to start the season um you know they they can get to the quarterback and then Washington has the third worst sack rate uh allowed uh, in the league. So I think that Cleveland might be able to get to Dwayne Haskins. They're seven point favorites, which means the defense, the Cleveland defense will have a positive game script, which means Dwayne Haskins gets a negative game script. Um, that's what you want. That's exactly what you look for. I, I could see this game. I mean, on both sides, honestly, I think Washington, you know, we, we have good defensive streamers this week. I think if you need like a super, super deep one, Washington's even in play too because they have such a good line um, and I could see Baker Mayfield you know falling down behind the line of scrimmage four or five times so I, I think there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game um, I, I don't mind Cleveland in this contest at all just given the matchup yeah I, anytime I think the Washington call is pretty good too I think anytime you can get Baker Mayfield on the run making dumb decisions I think that that, that could be good but yeah I, I can see the Browns having uh, a lot of upside in that one I have the the Chargers at home against Carolina. The Chargers are seven-point favorites here. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been sacked six times, third most in the league through two weeks. Uh, he threw two picks last week in negative game script against Tampa. And the Chargers defense is widely available. I'm going to tell you how widely. Uh, they are available, JJ, in 69% Ooh, of leagues. Nice. Pretty nice, pretty nice, yeah. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Uh, why don't Why don't you start actually? Because I think that, mm-hmm. that you'll go with a guy who's a pretty safe bet this week. Yeah, Gardner Minshew, the yeah. ninth. Uh, you know, the Jags have a pretty decent implied total of twenty four point seven five points against Miami. This is Thursday night, by the way, everyone. It, it should be fun Thursday nighter. It's gonna I'm be a fun Thursday night. I'm 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 into this game. I mean, I. I was really enjoying that Bengals Browns game last week. Oh yeah, it was amazing. It was I so mean, Joe Burrow is so fun. These primetime games have been really fun and high scoring. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, nothing though. Nothing was more. I I had ne- I hadn't had like a, a fo- football is back. I love uh-huh. football so much. Moment more than watching the Seahawks Patriots game. Same. That game was unbelievable. That was Same. such a good game. I mean the the level of play. Was <laughs> it was yeah. incredible? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that game. All right, so uh, yeah, good implied total for for Jacksonville. Dolphins allow the most yards per pass attempt and the most yards per completion. Uh, this is this is of course after being ripped by Josh Allen and the Buffalo offense last week. I, I'm a little nervous about a couple things. Um, the Jags don't pass as much as I as I assume they did. They they pass 56.7 percent of the time, which is like 
right in the middle of the league. And Minshew's 9.2% touchdown rate through two weeks has me a little bit nervous yeah. that that, you know, that we could we could start to see that regress a little. But I still think that he's a solid play uh, for for several reasons, including uh, his floor, I think, should be helped out by his rushing. He ran five times in week one and four times in week two. And of course, this is this is just a carryover from how he operated in 2019. So I, I like him fine against Dolphins. Yeah, I, I like Minshew, I think, the most of, of the streamers this week. But I, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick in that exact same game. Um, you know, Again, you mentioned that the, the Jags have a pretty decent implied total, but that game overall is a 47.5 point over under, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, the Dolphins are only three-point underdogs in that game, so they have a decent enough implied team total, too. I am a little bit worried. You know, this does play into Minshew a little bit. The Jags run at a really slow pace, and yeah. that that scares me a little bit. But but so far, Miami in neutral scripts has been the sixth fastest in the league. Um, so hopefully that sort of equals out, and we we see at least a little bit more plays run um, than than expected. But uh, you know, the Dolphins have faced two good secondaries to start the season. They, they faced New England in Week One. That's a really tough matchup, obviously. Um, and then they they face the Bills in week two. And Ryan Fitzpatrick last week in that Bills game throws two touchdown passes. He was the QB 10 on the week. Um, you know, he was a good play. I, I, I think that that we're going to see a different Miami offense in general um, and be, them be able to, to throw the ball around because this is a very beatable Jacksonville defense. Um, so like I said, I like Minshew more than Fitzpatrick. I think he's safer. Um, but I, I'm just excited for this game in general because you have two quarterbacks who are just fun. Right. And I am ready to build 420 showdown lineups uh, for this game. All right. Uh, So I have Philip Rivers and, you know, JJ, we went back and forth a little bit on on whether to include Rivers. Um, I believe he had a touchdown dropped last week against the Vikings. Is that right? Did you um, did, did you yeah, see that or maybe, hear about that? I, yeah, I th- maybe okay. I can't right. remember. I, I yeah. So I I believe he did have have one, and he also had a, a critical drop, I think, by T. Y. Hilton in, in week one. So you know they get the Jets. It's I think it's just hard to ignore a streamable quarterback uh, with uh, on a team that has a twenty seven point two five point implied total. Yeah, yeah. And you know because like there's just the process just screams out for Rivers. Uh, it's the third highest implied total of week three. You know, like we talked about last week, the Colts are giving Rivers plenty of time to throw the ball. Uh, and that continued in week two. Uh, so 75% of the passes against the Jets this season so far have been completions, which is just amazing. And uh, the Jets have allowed the fourth highest target rate to running backs through two weeks. And we know how much Rivers likes to check down to Taylor and Hines and well, every running back in his whole career. Uh, you know, I I just I can't uh, completely ignore Rivers, although uh, I do I do like Minshew, I think, over Rivers. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. I, but but you're right. I mean, the, the process definitely tells us that we should be playing Philip Rivers in this game, given their implied total. It's like the third highest in the league this week. It's, yeah, it's, it's su- super high, super high. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, you know, you could look back to Mitch Trubisky um, as more of a deeper play. The Bears are, are just three and a half point underdogs, according to FanDuel Sportsbook against Atlanta. Uh, you know, limited sample size, but Atlanta has allowed over five points per game above expectation to opposing quarterbacks so far this year. Um, it's a beatable and experienced secondary. You know, the, the Bears do have some negative regression coming in the passing department, similar to Jacksonville. Uh, where they have a five to zero pass to rush touchdown ratio this year. The Bears are one of two teams without a rushing touchdown. The other one is is Tennessee 
which is crazy because they have Derrick Henry. Mm. Um, but the Bears still haven't gotten a rushing touchdown, so numbers are a little bit skewed. Um, but I would expect in general in this game a higher pass-to-rush ratio for the Bears, and that's going to allow them to skew you know, a higher pass-to-rush touchdown ratio. So I don't mind Trubisky. You know, I'm not in love with him and playing him because I think that there are some some good like you know lower rostered, low key plays like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I would play over him. Uh, but I think Tr- Trubisky's good enough. Sure, get get a little uh, rushing, get a little Konami code. Yeah, Konami. yeah, yeah. You never know. Um, all right, so I will kick things off at tight end. We have five tight ends for you guys. I'm gonna go back to Logan Thomas. Sure. Um, so he's still out there in two thirds of leagues over on Yahoo. He's one of three tight ends, the other two being Darren Waller and and Hunter Henry, who has seen at least a 20% target share in each of his first two games. Um, he's now seventh in the NFL in tight end routes run. So the peripherals are unbelievable for Logan Thomas, right? Like, they're, they're perfect. Uh, the problem for Logan Thomas is Dwayne Haskins. Yes, right? who's terrible. He's terrible. I think, I think only like 47% of... The, the targeted throws to to Logan Thomas have been on target. Uh, so it's just, it's it's not great. It's not a great situation for Thomas, but, you know, hopefully there's some regression there and it, and hopefully Dwayne Haskins improves, even if it's not regression and it's just progression. Um, so I don't mind Thomas regardless of matchup. I think he should still be rostered in way more leagues. I mean, we saw, you know, how susceptible the Browns are to tight ends last week. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and, and week one. So, yeah, I think... That'll continue this week. All right. So I have Drew Sample Size. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's his nickname. So he uh, came in, obviously, for Uzama on Thursday Night Football last week. He caught seven of eight targets for 45 yards, mostly in garbage time. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, that was a 15% target share on a night when I think the Bengals threw 60-plus times. The Bengals are six-and-a-half-point underdogs this week against the Eagles. Uh so they should be forced to pass, you know, a lot, probably. Uh, tight ends have seen 14 targets through two weeks against the Philly defense. Of course, we have Higby going absolutely nuts last week with with three touchdowns. I, I, I don't think we should read too much into that. I, and I think that maybe it, maybe it makes the Eagles look a little, you know, more friendly to tight ends than they actually are. Um, but the way that Sample was used, the, the number of routes he, run, he ran after his um went down, I think, I think he's a he's a solid play, if unspectacular. Uh, I'm going to go to Dalton Schultz, who stepped in for Blake Jarwin last week and did really, really well. Uh, he caught 9 of 10 targets. He had 88 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had a 21.7% target share. And then the, the other good news, so we're always worried about, you know, is is uh, the tight end or the number four option or five option in this Dallas offense going to be good enough uh, because there are so many other options in the offense. And in that game, he ran 35 routes. All the, the the big three wide receivers on that team ran between five and ten routes more than Dalton Schultz. It's not that significant. I mean, Schultz yeah. was was running a lot. Now, to be fair, uh, they were in a, a negative game script and they were coming back. But uh, I still think you know there's there's a high scoring potential in this week three game against Seattle. So I think Schultz is a pretty solid play this week overall. Doesn't that game have a 55 and a half over under? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of you want you want to get players in that game for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Do do what you can to get those, you know, your Seahawks and your uh, Cowboys into that game. Uh, Jordan Akins is sort of a thing. Uh, he's a guy we talked about in week one. 
Uh, he they're at Pittsburgh. The Texans are at P- Pittsburgh this week. Aikens has seen nine targets through two games versus seven targets for Darren Fells. So it, it's a little bit more split than we'd like to see, but Aikens is on the right side of that split. Uh, Aikens has played 86% of the team's snaps so far compared to 42% for Fells. Uh, Steelers have had have seen 22% of targets through two weeks go against uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me start that again. Steelers have seen 22% of targets against them go to tight ends, um, which is a, a pretty high rate. And, you know, if you look back the week at week one, uh, Giants tight ends led by Evan Ingram saw 10 targets against Pittsburgh. And then last week, uh, Noah Fant and Nick Vanette saw seven combined targets in week two. And, and Noah Fant had a really nice game. Houston is a four point underdog. I think Houston, anytime Houston plays a good team, they're just going to be faced with a you know, monstrous amount of negative game script. And someone like Aikens could could definitely benefit from that. But I, I think he remains kind of a fringe fringe type streamer. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then lastly is my guy, Mo Ali Cox. I've been I've been waiting. I said this on my podcast on the late round podcast. I've been waiting to talk about Mo Ali Cox for like uh, it feels like a decade. There's I can only, confirm. I, yeah, it's amazing. I, I have him in so many dynasty leagues, dude. I, it's, yeah. it's, I'm so excited about him. I had so no excited. idea how big he is. Oh, he's monstrous. I, he played he played college, but he's another college basketball guy. And someone made the connection in my mentions this week <laughs> that that this is not the first college basketball player that has caught passes from Philip Rivers, you guys. Is it not? Hmm. I'm not I'm not saying that Mo Ali Cox is uh gonna be a Hall of Fame tight end, but I might be kind of saying that. You might yeah, you're not not saying is what, is what Let me let me just means. let me just like take a little S on Jack Doyle really quick. Because this is he is he is so incredibly mediocre oh. that I like nothing against him. I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh but Doyle, so Mo Ali Cox gets his first game in his NFL career with five or more targets. 24% target share because they didn't throw the ball that much. That's all great. Mo Ali Cox, I can't say everything. I can't say his name without saying his full name because it's only Mo. You know, I talked about this last week, but this is one that you like. No, yeah, no, no. You got to do, do the whole, the whole You got to do you, the whole name. And you can't say Ali Cox. Yeah, Ali Cox is weird, man. No, no, you got to go Mo. Sounds like a, Mo sounds like a porn star. Actually, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry to the kids. Um, someone on the Patreon page kept saying, Mac, do I play Mac? Do I play Mac? And I'm like, who's Mac? Yeah. Who? I don't understand M-A-C. M-A-C. And I'm like, Mac, like Vance McDonald? Is that what this person's <laughs> saying? Anyway, go ahead. 24% target share. This is his first game with five or more targets. He sees 100 yards. Get this, Denny. Jack Doyle has 30 different games. With five or more targets, you know how many hundred yard games he has. I'm gonna go with zero. With one, he has the oh. same number as Mo Ali Cox does. Wow, wow. Okay, and Mo Ali Cox is one for one. Jack Doyle is one for thirty. Mm. If you guys think that Jack Doyle is a more dynamic pass catcher than this freak athlete and Mo Ali Cox, you're out of your freaking minds. Right. Okay, if, if Doyle plays this week, I I still think Ali Cox is is a decent enough play. Uh, for if you're a little bit desperate, we just don't know what the what the split is going to look like exactly. He definitely should be added and rostered. Um, and and not only that, but uh, Paris Campbell's out now. Yeah. And Paris Campbell lives in the slot, and now that opens things up a lot, which is probably partially why uh, Mo Ali Cox was able to do what he did this past week. Um, but yeah, I mean he he's a better player and better pass catcher than Jack Doyle. Like I, I don't know how they leave him off the field now. Yeah, if you are still rostering Jack Doyle in 12 team leagues. Uh, you wear a helmet during slow pitch softball. You know, yeah. I think that that's, 
that's that's what it comes down. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason. There's to no, do there's no reason to roster Jack Doyle. Wear a helmet and slow pitch, or have Jack Doyle on your roster. He's 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 done. I, I do I do think he's still on my Apex team though. So, oh. so <laughs> I it's only it. it's really only because like like we have so many guys on our roster. Like, there's not a good waiver wire at all. So I just didn't even like do anything with mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. I should. Okay, Denny, who's four now? <laughs> <laughs> who's owen for <laughs> anyway to recap we have dalton schultz mo alley cox drew sample jordan nakins logan thomas philip rivers mitch trubisky ryan fitzpatrick gardner Minshew, the chargers colts and browns defense denny we got some good questions this week so i'm going to get right to them all right first one from at number one punna after the injuries will you guys expand the streaming options to include running back and wide receiver please i'm dying <laughs> Please, my family is dying. Here's uh, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. This waiver wire period this week, like, I know everyone got hurt and it was terrible, but, like, the waiver wire is not that great. It's it's not nearly as great. Like, like the people are touting it as, like, the greatest waiver wire of all time, and it's really not even that good. It's, I mean, there are so many questions, questions surrounding the guys you're picking up. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there there are very few like locked in, even even if a guy like uh, like Henderson from the Rams is available on your waiver wire, like he got a lot of opportunity last week. But who says that that's going to happen uh, yeah. in week three or week four or going forward? Like it, uh, I just yeah, I think that it, it is being a little overblown. Yeah, that's why I, I think that the route that you go is while everyone's spending their their auction budget on these running backs. You know, there were wide receiver injuries everywhere. You have. You have uh, KJ Hamler who could step up for Denver potentially. Mm-hmm. You you have Michael Pittman who could step up for Paris Campbell and, and that injury. Not that he's going to play in the slot, but he could see more volume in that offense. I, I'm almost thinking I'm going that route instead of spent. I mean, I would not go more than twenty percent on any of these running backs this week. Sure, like like Devonte Freeman and unless I'm very 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 desperate. But and I I think Mike Davis is the best running back to pick up. I do too, and that's not just because he lives with me and my wife. Yeah, there's a good there's a good question about that, that. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean, like like you look at like Wayne Gallman. What are you confident in Wayne Gallman? He he was a, he was a healthy scratch last week. Like, right. Like yeah. you you know picking him up. By the way, I have some Facebook questions after you're done with the Twitter. Okay. All right. Next one is from at Sad Melander. Why do so many dudes not realize it's creepy when they go to the playground by themselves to use the equipment as a gym? Uh. Well, you know, Austin Eckler did that. In the did, did he? Yeah, yeah. He uh, Peter King mentioned it in his column this week. Uh, I, I work for Roto World, as you know, and uh, I so I read the King column every week now. And yeah, Austin Eckler went to the local playground and did chin ups. Uh, and um, anyway, that is creepy. Yes. Yeah, it's super creepy. It's, I I I don't know what would compel me to do that. Like I would rather pretty much do anything to get exercise than go to a playground by myself. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this next one's from at Snarkus underscore Aurelius. He says, since this is a poop plus dad plus estranged spouse podcast, I need help with an AITA sitch, which is, I believe, am I the a-hole? Oh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm moderating that for the kids. Okay. My wife was going to change our son's diaper, and I said I would do it. She insisted, but then realized it was a poop diaper. She then tried to renege and said I should change the diaper. Am I the a-hole for saying no? Yeah. Yeah? My my gut instinct is yeah, because you offered. 
And if you offer it, the, the offer stands like it, it. Yes, it's a little crappy that the that your wife, you know, said, oh, it's a poop diaper. You get it. But if you offer it, you have to follow through with it. That's just my take. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I, I at first was like, no, you're not uh, because because of the way he said she insisted mm-hmm. like 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 it was like forceful like it was no i definitely have this i'm gonna change this diaper no matter what right and then and then nope it's a poop diaper so no way yeah i mean it's cl- it's close it's closer than i just said but i, I yeah. do think that you are the a-hole yeah sorry yeah okay all right we'll go with denny's uh this is next one's from at derek from mino if lts became an organized religion what would it be called <laughs> Church of Ladder Draft QBs, Tilthism, United Church of Fools, or something else. I liked uh, I, I liked Church of Ladder Draft QBs. I yeah, that good. yeah, that, that's that's a that's a solid name. What was the second one? Uh, Tiltism. Tiltism. Til- <laughs> that's kind of funny. I mean, you could just say pretty much every fantasy football player in the world is is a part of that church. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, this next one's from at David. I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, buddy. I'm sorry. This is from David. Okay. I would love a rest of season ranking for late round slash waiver tight ends. Logan Thomas, Jordan Akins, Jonu Smith, Mo Ali Cox, Dalton Schultz, Chris Herndon. Are we still excited about Logan's target share, even though they're not turning into points, etc., etc. Blah blah blah. Uh, so I, t- to me on that list, Jonu Smith seems like the the go to there. Yeah. Okay. So I want to say Thomas. Janu's really close, but I, but you know Janu's like not still not running a ton of routes, and it makes yeah, me a little, I know. A little it's nervous. a little bit yeah. And AJ Brown hasn't played. It's it's definitely nerve wracking. I I still think that I would go with him because he's really good, but I can understand your hesitation. Janu Smith would be an absolute monster on like any other team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just not not enough volume typically no. for for uh for Tennessee. So I would go Janu. You would go Logan Thomas. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I just the the peripherals, like you said, are are outstanding for Thomas. I, if Haskins can uh, suck slightly less going forward, yeah. I think I think Thomas could could have a a great run here. This next question is from at Charles underscore Sword. Tom Everett Scott is in the top fifteen in the Scott Fishbowl. Wow, he's Tom. You're crushing it this year, buddy. You're crushing. What, what content have you been consuming? Except I don't know if you're crushing in our dynasty league. I got to check that because your boy is undefeated there. If he if he wins, does living the stream get a producer credit? Yeah, I think we should. Sure, sure. I'm you know I we uh, we do have an exclusive deal where he can't consume any other fantasy content except for ours. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I think don't understand, that, that I don't makes understand sense. Why we wouldn't get that? Yeah, we're, we're paying literally millions for for, yeah, for that exclusivity. <laughs> for that, we we're, we pay millions of dollars so that Tom only consumes our podcast. It's a good business model, and honestly, we're going to need more patrons. So come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next one at Eddie underscore Straight. Since they'll probably be looking for work soon. Who would be a better fantasy analyst? Matt sit up straight Patricia or Adam Rich as F Gase? Edited to avoid apologizing to the kids. Thank you. Oh, hold up. Sit up straight? What does that mean? It's just Matt Patricia's just a I don't know if there was a is there a story about sitting up straight? Oh. I, I I took it as I took it as he's just a very like, you know, slouched guy. Well, or... I I thought it was more that he's a uh, very strict. Oh. Uh, coach. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I don't know. We we might we might be both misreading this this right now, but 
Yeah. So who? Wait. Who would make a better fantasy analyst? Yeah, Matt Patricia or Adam Gase. Oh, they'd be they'd both be horrible. <laughs> they um, would both be horrible. But I think there's a clear answer here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I think it's definitely Matt Patricia. Okay. Why? Because it because at least Adam everything that Adam Gase has touched everything, the amount of play, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, guys who are just, now Robbie R- Tannehill, Robbie Anderson now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is is a, a great fantasy asset. Everything that Adam Gase's touches mm. is horrendous. Right. So you think that he's going to be able to manage properly manage a fantasy team? No. At least Matt Patricia has has under his belt, even though it's not his like his uh, emphasis and like what he's teaching. But at least under Matt Patricia, we've gotten Babytron, Marvin Jones is usable. Uh, I mean, we're it's a the backfield's a mess, sure, but at least we've seen something with Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've seen literally the opposite of good with Adam Gase. Right? Yeah, Stafford has be- become sort of fun. Yeah, Stafford with, can be fun. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. I, okay. I mean, Gase is probably always the answer as to who would be worse. Uh, in a in a football related situation. So yeah. Yeah. Next question. This is this made me laugh very hard. Okay. At mana underscore dork, because this is like next level. Question one. Why can't Mike <laughs> why can't Mike Davis make the coffee? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's so deep. It's such a good joke. It is. And it, it's a good joke. And you know, for those who may be newish to living the stream, uh, for some reason, I don't remember the origins. I'm sure listeners remember. Yeah, I don't uh, either. Uh there was a situation where I insinuated that like mike davis like lived with me and my wife that, yeah it was basically like a polygamist yeah. type situation yeah and it was a it was a, <laughs> it was a very strange uh turn of events but yeah that's how it it, it it worked out where mike davis lives with with us and we're a thruple yeah i think that that was the, <laughs> i think that was the joke or something <laughs> you know and uh, but then on top of that we have the conversation about the coffee yeah and right. then the, to, to ask why can't Mike Davis make the coffee right. is just next level brilliant. It is. That's a, that's a good question. And, and I will ask him that when he gets home from work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question two, though. What wide receiver to trade for running back and some names to target? Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Odo Beckham, DK Metcalf. So I, I, don't, I, I don't like saying trade this guy on your team for this player. Because you should be targeting teams and what they need and not individual players. Mm-hmm. My, my overall trade strategy is your consideration set for who you take on should be large. It shouldn't be small because there's a lot of usable players in fantasy football. It's not just like three guys, right? So if we say, you know, trade OBJ right now for, I don't know, uh, OBJ and someone else for Miles Sanders, let's mm-hmm. say, right? And you go and you trade OBJ and someone else on your team for Miles Sanders. Well, what happens if the guy in your t- uh, that you're trading with only has Miles Sanders, has no running back depth, and has every good wide receiver mm-hmm. imaginable? It's just it's just not a worthwhile exercise. So what I tell people is find teams that need wide receivers badly. And there could be some because there's a lot of injuries going on right now. Find teams that need wide receivers badly. Look at those teams and send an offer for a running back for that team because they might be good at running back and then go from there. There you go. That is a solid strategy. I like it. Next one at Genty DP. Do you mow your grass then trim with the weed whacker or vice versa? My neighbor mows then weed wax, and I'm pretty sure he's a serial killer. 
Oh, wait. You're supposed to mow and then weed whack. I mow and then weed whack all the time. That's all I do. I mean, that's like... That's like when you get a haircut and then they like trim up around the ears and then the back, right? Yeah, right. I exactly. Mean, that, that's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's that's the same thought process. You you don't know what's going to be left over until it's left over. What 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 is what are we talking about right now? Yeah, I, you can't. Yeah, what is this? Uh, uh, I have a very small front yard. Live in a townhouse. Oh, small front yard. Okay, I thought you were going to go somewhere else there. <laughs> Kids, uh, and I. Um, and so I actually use a weed whacker to cut my entire front yard. And I think, yeah, I've, I think I've said that. Yeah, you've mentioned that. I mean, I, I can't hate on it. I, I have too big of a yard for that, but I, I can understand it. Mm, that's um, nice. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> Dan, It's not really that big of a yard, though. Dan also asked, do you think Jameis Winston starts for the Saints over Drew Brees at some point? <sighs> you know, I, I was just sad last night that Jameis wasn't starting for the Raiders. Like, yeah. He would be, it would be so much fun. Like the Raiders would be so, Henry Ruggs would be so much fun for fantasy if Winston was his quarterback. Yeah. I mean, look, but Drew Brees looked bad. Looked done. Like he looks done. But here's the thing there is a zero point, point like zero one percent chance. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it like some, some chance because Drew Brees like has some press conference and he like admits defeat or something because he's this like stand up guy and he needs to, you know, save face or something like that. And he's like, I'm playing so poorly that I need Jameis to step in and take this team to the promised land. But the chance that that happens yeah. is so, so slim. Yeah. Th- no matter how Drew Brees plays, plays, they're not going to bench Drew Brees. I hate that we are not going to know how Jameis Winston with 2020 eyesight plays until next year. Yeah. I mean, I want to see it. I want, and I don't, and that's not a joke. I actually, I want to see Jameis Winston dropping back, being able to actually see his pass catchers downfield and, and slinging it. We're talking about 5,000 yards. That That's, that's, that's what's coming for Jameis Winston next time. We're talking 6,000, even 6,000. 6, Let's do it. 6,900. Yeah. Uh, next question is from at Davis Nguyen, uh TMN. Is JJ going to keep Nick Chubb as a sell all season just to trigger JJ underscore tool? I guess I should bring this up on the show. Yeah, we... JJ is a tool. Yeah, so I sent a tweet out after week one uh, that said Nick Chubb had a 41, I think it was 41.7% running back rush share, and his his season low last year was 62.5%. percent mm-hmm. That's it. That's the tweet. There were there were maybe three or four people that got really, really mad because they assumed that I was trying to say something with that tweet. And what I was really saying is that Nick Chubb had a really low running back rush share and we hadn't seen that in uh, you know a year plus. And someone got so angry uh, because then on Thursday when Nick Chubb had 122 rushing yards or whatever and two touchdowns, um, they came back at me. So in the middle of the week, I did a podcast and I brought that topic up and I talked about it. So I sent that link to the podcast to the guy for some context because I thought that he would be curious. Apparently that really triggered him. That really annoyed him. Really? So so he then on Thursday when Nick Chubb went nuts, starts going nuts on me saying, how dumb are you to think that Nick Chubb was washed or that Kareem Hunt was better, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I didn't have any of these takes. I never had any of these takes. And so I went back to him and I said, you got to calm down. I mean, you guys can see the thread. It's somewhere on Twitter. But 
uh, you know, we went back and forth for maybe like three tweets, mm-hmm. and then finally I just stopped and I blocked him. I've I think I've blocked fifty people on Twitter, which I. To me, I think it's kind of low compared to probably most fantasy analysts. Right? It's absolutely well, you know, fantasy analysts with a monster uh, a following like yours. Yeah, I mean that that's really low. I you would probably you're probably under expectation under block expectation by like uh, several hundred. Yeah, so like I don't block people very frequently. I blocked two guys who were just obnoxious about this Nick Chubb thing because they just kept hitting my mentions and people. And then obviously once once other people see that you, that you block them, they're like, "Oh, this guy has thin skin." No, guys, I just don't want to talk to idiots. Like I don't want idiots in my mentions. That's all this is. That's all this is. I, I don't want them yeah. to consume my content because they then don't know how to to consume my content. They don't comprehend it and understand it. So, like, so I, I'm not. Yeah. Why why would I want them in my life? Why do I want that? I think so, that Nick Chubb uh, truthers, and I, and I don't I don't say that like uh, in a disparaging way because it's probably good to be a Nick Chubb truther considering you know he uh, you know his profile. Yeah, he's but, great. But yeah. I think that they have him built up as this invincible fantasy football force in their minds so that when anybody says anything to the contrary, they lose it and they feel like their whole worldview is being, is being challenged. For those of you who want to know more detail about this parody account that emerged from this, uh, yes, uh, it was, it was JJ underscore tool is the handle. That's right. I I did a, a living stream podcast on the Patreon page all about, all about that. That that account because really uh, you never make a parody account because you're angry and that's exactly what happened there and it, it was a disaster. Oh, it's so it's it's amazing. The the profile makes fun of my my uh, manhood size. Yes, it's it's great, just great. It's it's literally I mean it's quite literally like an 11 year old just got angry at me and made an account. Yeah, I mean you could you could you could almost hear the the feet stomping in this in this uh, account. But what's amazing is that so I tweeted it and now it has it has like 70 or so followers or something like that. Yeah. And one of them uh, was Roberto Luongo, the old, uh, the goalie who used to play. I mean, he played in the NHL for like 20 years. He follows and, you? Yeah. he. Oh, fo- cool. I played in a league with him last year uh, through through Osimo. And I met him through that. And then we like, whatever. And so he follows me. And, and he's like, he's like, thanks for the tip or something like that. He sent the message whenever I told people about the, the account. But um, so now Roberto Luongo is following at JJ underscore tool. On Twitter, which is a, a very, uh, it's an honest own. I mean, I was completely owned by this whole experience. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say, I, I would say that it was, it was a self own on the part of the person. But yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, this next question is from at BSSTRM. Where does Denny work? Uh, uh, well, so uh, I actually work at Roto World, which is owned by NBC Universal. I, I'm very quiet about it. I'd actually appreciate if everybody just, you know, kept that under wraps. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's where I work. Yeah. Uh, so this next one, this will be the last one on Twitter. Okay. You did say you had some Facebook questions. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was so good, though. This is from at Football Sven. Okay. When you have to pee in the middle of the night, do you turn the light on in the bathroom or just pee by sonar? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one I was going to read on Facebook. Oh, is it? Okay, uh, good. Good. Yeah. That I love pee by sonar. Yeah. No, pee by I do not turn the light on. No. You know why you don't do it? This, this is it. why... You, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you in particular. I'm just saying you as in the people listening to this podcast. But yeah, that's because you sit. But <laughs> but you do that because when you're done, if you turn the light on, you then can't see a thing after. 
you guys know yeah. the experience when you when you're in the dark and you wake up in the middle of the night you can still see things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like because it's been dark and you're, you've had your eyes closed you can see things but the instant you turn the lights on and then you turn them back off oh. you can't see anything so you're going back to your to your bed and you're bumping into things and you're you're running into the door and you're yeah. waking your wife up and that's the real issue here that's why you have to go through sonar you should be able to see i mean uh, you know unless unless you have like blackout curtains on in your uh in your bedroom you should be able to see yeah i mean I, most people will have like some sort of like small light somewhere in their house that will emit light to your bedroom and bathroom we have you know and this is really convenient across the across the way there's a townhouse that that leaves basically a spotlight on all all night you know and uh it's a spotlight that that you would use to i don't know catch a, a fugitive from the law um and and so that shines into our house all night i've always loved that thing yeah they're like oh man is that guy sitting down on the toilet right now (laughs) oh wait he's peeing he's peeing he's peeing oh oh, okay all right so here's some some facebook questions this is from the living stream facebook page good group of people uh nick barrett says why did you lose the tilt montage this week okay here's what happened I actually haven't even told JJ about this. Yeah, do we do we have a tilt montage? We this do, week? we do. I sent. I thought so, so. I have a Monday night tilt montage okay. that that I actually posted on Patreon. Uh, I lost the Sunday one, which it was a great. It was a particularly good and tilty one, and I, I got fancy. I tried to edit something. I lost a little bit of it, and then that's it. Like you can't recover from that. So I recorded over basically a few seconds, and then I tried to fix it, and I made I made it worse. So I had to scrap the whole thing. Um, you know what? Maybe maybe I could just post the to the Patreon. Maybe I could just post the the, the scrapped one. You know, and you should if yeah. you guys if you guys want to check that out. Okay, so that's what happened to that. Uh, Eric Rousseau says, "How did the nice joke?" become so mainstream i half expect dan rather to break it out during his twitter rants you know it is super mainstream i mean you hear like joe buck will 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 say nice yeah. when there's yeah, it, a, is, it is mainstream when when it's like it's like uh you know so and so has a 69 yard gain on third down and uh you know and someone like joe buck will be like oh that's a nice game that's a nice play by so and so so look l- Sorry, keep going. You you had more to say. I, no. I cut you off like a like a mean mean host. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, I, but it's it is shocking. What I'm sa- trying to say is it is shocking the number of super mainstream people who now use the 69 joke. It's amazing. What are your thoughts on uh, forcing the number 69 into tweets when you're making a joke? Let me let me give you an example. <laughs> I'm so, for it. So Julian Edelman. His body was destroyed in that Sunday night game. Like I, I, I can't oh. believe that he has a, a a head still. I mean, he he fell on his head like fourteen times in that game. He was grabbing at his neck. At yeah, one I mean, it was ridiculous how much his body got thrown around. Anyway, I sent a tweet that said Julian Edelman is going to have to sit in an ice bath for fifty five hours straight after this game, right? And people then responded and said that I should have said sixty nine hours, right? But to me, it's gotten to the point where if you say that, the the focus of the joke in the tweet is is placed on the wrong part of of what that joke is. Yes, that's exactly it. But if you use any other number, you will get corrected. Yes, you know, exactly. They, yes. You will, they, they will say, oh, this would have been good if you had done 69. And so I just give in to that. 
Yeah, but 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 like it's it's a better joke. It's better comedy when you're not forcing it. When when it's funny is when it's it's spontaneous. Is my in, in my opinion. Unless unless you go so far over the top and you're able to to throw in the 69 420 uh-huh. type stuff right. in in a, in a way over the top manner. Because if I would have said Julian Edelman has to sit in an ice bath for 69 hours uh straight that would be a middle of the road like that's it's not funny enough right like it's you needed to not go with 69 or if you did you needed to go like even further with that joke and go go very hard with the the 69 right. joke so i actually i intentionally avoid numbers if i'm not going to work in the number 69 into it into the tweet like right. like right. i would i would say like if you wanted to do that kind of post which i think is funny you could say uh, Julian Edelman is going to have to live in an ice bath bath for the next month. Yeah, or for something. eternity or something. You know, like I mean, that. and that's yeah. not particularly funny, but you know, it's it's it gets yeah, the point right. Across. Yeah, no, I get you, I get you, I get uh, you. Yeah, but people, yeah, always, always, people will come in and be like, "Oh, you mean sixty nine? You mean yes, yes, I mean sixty nine. But yeah. uh, as a member of uh, Posters Union for twenty sixty nine, I do advocate for for this uh, strategy. One more from Facebook. Uh, this is from Matthew Wood, Denny. Who has the best hair in the NFL? Why is it Clay Matthews? Does he play? No. No, he doesn't play. Um, well, anyway. And where should I send your number 58 jersey and pads for this year's Halloween costume? So he wants me to be Clay Matthews. He says, I admire the commitment with your natural hair instead of extensions or wig. It's all, you know, it's all coming off, Matthew. I'm sorry. It is. I'm going to just get the whole the whole situation shaved on the sides, trimmed on the top. Are you going to live stream it? No, I don't think I'm going to because do that. you're because you're in an actual place. Right, right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to because I'm going to have to like explain to everybody <laughs> in there. Like, so there's some really weird people online who want to see me get my hair cut, and I'm going to I'm going to stream that. Is that cool with everybody? Or, yeah, right, right. And they would be like, no, <laughs> I don't want to be on your stupid Twitter feed. You, how are you getting it done? Are you getting it like you know pre pandemic haircut how you typically have done it or are you going like even further or changing it up a little bit uh okay so i am going to consult my longtime stylist her name, her name is nicole and see if she has any suggestions now i am leaning toward just getting my regular haircut and honestly waiting another year to get it cut <laughs> so that's, wow that might be happening again wow okay yeah. okay well, we we need some before and after pictures. For oh sure. yeah, well yeah, of course that goes without saying. Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for the questions in today's episode, Denny. All right, I th- I'm excited about week three. I think that we're going to turn things around a little bit. I yes, I well, we'll, I, we'll know early too because it's a Thursday night game. Oh boy, woof, that's tilty. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, uh, Denny, where can everyone find you? At CD Carter thirteen on Twitter, and of course, you can find my work at Roto World and four for four.com join the patreon and i'm on twitter at late round qb subscribe to my other podcast as well the late round podcast denny let's get some milkshakes do we we do have a tilt montage though right oh yeah monday night yeah all right guys thanks for listening we will catch you next week it's 8 43 p.m in the only legitimate time zone on earth the eastern time zone and uh, before I get into my Monday night tilt here, I take no pleasure in reporting that 
I had a really great tilt montage all ready to go. I recorded it from about 2 p.m. until 5 p.m. on Sunday. And I don't really know how I did it, but I recorded over it for about 10 seconds. And then I tried to fix it and I I made it worse and I ruined it. And I had to scrap it. So I fucked up the Sunday Tilt montage. And I, and I apologize to the kids for both that and for, for, for cursing. Uh, you could say uh, that messing up the Tilt montage uh, is tilting. Alvin Kamara just scored a touchdown and then a, a two-point conversion here near the end of the first quarter. One of the announcers uh, felt the need to say the following. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been one of the most productive players on the Saints in recent seasons. Uh, th- you know, this is the kind of insight that, I, you know, you can't get a- everywhere. Uh, many would say you can't get anywhere except for the professional uh, Monday Night Football booth where someone, and I actually, I don't even know who does Monday Night Football anymore. Uh, now that, that Booger's gone, that's the only thing I care about. That's the only thing I used to care about. Sean Payton's screaming about something right now. I have no idea what's going on. That there, there was a two-point conversion after the Raiders committed a penalty now the saints commit a penalty anyway getting back to the kamara thing i thought i just thought it was amazing insight you know uh kamara is one of the most productive saints uh and i think as fantasy football enthusiasts you know that helps that helps us understand the game a little a little better and i appreciate it I am tilting. Here's something I hate. Uh, hate may be a strong... No, you know what? Hate is not a strong word. Hate is exactly the correct word to use. Uh, and I may have said this in a previous tilt montage, but it bears repeating. Uh, and it's this. When I am on Twitter, uh, especially on Sunday when there are multiple games happening, and you know now that I work for Roto World, I don't know if you knew that, but I, I did... Want to you know just be clear with everyone that I do work for Roto World, but you know I'm I'm trying to follow the action as best as I can without my brain actually breaking from from absorbing so much information at once, and so I rely on short informative tweets on my timeline from NFL beat writers, and when those NFL beat writers just tweet the word wow. I go insane. There's nothing worse than that. What would compel someone to tweet, wow, while there are, I don't know, eight NFL games happening? And yes, I know, like, the beat writer for Kansas City is going to be saying wow about whatever happened in the Kansas City game. I get that. I get that. But that person, that beat writer, has to know that people on the timeline are not just watching the KC game, right? They have to know. But but they say, wow. I mean, give me something. You know, it doesn't have to be a 
character tweet. It, it, it can be simple, not not that simple, not so simple that it's just wow, but it's something like eighty yard TD to Tyreek Hill. Wow, that works, and that's that's you can type that quickly. You know, you can tweet it out quickly, and and it gives some information. It it, it re it relays some information, and yeah, that's. That's what we're looking for, you know, on on a, on a medium like Twitter. But no, wow, that's all. That's all the beat writers have sometimes. Wow. Please don't. Please stop doing that. Is my request. I'm tilting. I built a lot of DFS lineups for tonight. Single game contests, of course, and uh, I don't care how many times people I respect tell me that single game contests are negative EV. I don't care. They're fun. They're fun as hell. And I, and I love the uh, strategy and the theories, you know, behind building those rosters. And I, I actually write about single game contests for Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night for 444.com. I, I, I can never say that. 4444.com. It's a lot of fours. Uh, if you'd like to check that out. Uh, anyway, I, I did write about this Saints-Raiders game, and the more I read about it, the uh, more I looked into it, uh, the more I liked the uh, lineup building predicated on a Saints blowout, or at least lots of positive game script for the Saints. And so far, it's it's 10 nothing near the end of the first quarter. By the way, it's 8.57 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone right now. Um, and that includes lots of Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs stacks because I figure Ruggs will get a lot of high value. I said that really strangely. High value downfield targets from Derek Q. Carr IV uh, if the Raiders are down. And here's the thing. The Raiders' offensive line is really good. Uh, last week, Derek Carr was hurried on only 10% of his dropbacks. That was a league low. And so far tonight, the only time he's been under pressure uh, is when he sits there like a dummy and just holds the ball until, of course, the Saints eventually get to him. Anyway, Carr took a shot 50 yards down the field to Ruggs and, you know, missed him by like four yards. Just a, just a, a crazy bad throw. Uh, and you could say that I screamed. And you might say that my wife was not uh, thrilled about it. And not so happy about about the screaming at 9 o'clock at night with the kids sound asleep. So I'm moving to the basement now, and I'm going to need Derek Carr to have better, more catchable passes uh, to Henry Ruggs the eighth. I am tilting. It's uh, 9.09 p.m. Uh, I just tweeted this, and I just wanted to expound on it a little bit. You know, Derek Carr came up to the line of scrimmage, took one look at the New Orleans defense, and screamed, kill, 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 kill. Uh, which at that point I knew for sure what what was coming next, which would be a running play that you loses yardage, and that's exactly what happened. It was a toss back to Josh Jacobs, and Jacobs was tackled 
two or three yards behind the line of scrimmage. But this happens with, you know, maybe not the elite quarterbacks. Like, you don't see Patrick Mahomes walking up and killing a play and then and then running some dumbass run that loses yards. Like, he's not going to do that. But, you know, for, for a not-so-good quarterback, a, a below-average quarterback like Derek Carr, uh, when he says kill, kill, he's saying, you know, the play that we had set up is not going to work. So we're killing that play in favor of a play that I hope doesn't lose yardage. Maybe, maybe we'll gain a yard or two on, on, the, on the new play, which will be very simple and straightforward and probably always go, is going to be a run up the gut or something close to it, right? And I have to imagine if if I know that, as a football watching nobody, which is the name of my next album, of course, uh, then I have to imagine the NFL defenders and defensive coordinators know that as well. So when a guy like Derek Carr says "kill, kill," the play it's over. Like the play is over. Nothing, nothing's good is going to happen. He he might as well take a knee. And and not lose three yards, but only lose one or two yards. I'm tilted. 9.22 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, Jared Cook just caught a red zone, I guess, inside the 10-yard line touchdown. So I guess that's called the green zone. That's what the Zoomers are calling it these days. We'll call it the green zone. Uh, I do not have any exposure to Jared Cook in season long. I have a lot of exposure to Jared Cook in single-game contests, which, you know, is not, not difficult. Uh, but... I don't really know what happened because I don't think his redraft price point was outrageous, but I just didn't draft him anywhere. And this is the first year, I don't know, in five or six or seven years that I have not drafted any Jared Cook. And of course, now that Michael Thomas is out and everything, he's he's going to be like more than a thing. He's going to be really uh, amazingly productive. That makes me tilt. I am tilting. It's uh, 9.31 p.m. And I hate to say this, but I need Taysom Hill to do something in this game. I made a few lineups, meaning a lot of lineups, uh, with the presumption that Sean Payton, who is clearly bored of coaching, uh, would get really stupid with Taysom Hill tonight against the Raiders with Michael Thomas out. And so far, uh, he has not been stupid with Taysom Hill. I'm going to need some Taysom Hill stupidity immediately. Uh, I'm tilting. Derek Carr, at the end of this first half here, uh, drops back after, after a timeout. After a timeout, mind you. And promptly throws it 10 yards out of bounds intended uh, in air quotes intended for zay jones who apparently is still in the league amazingly uh, and caught a touchdown to literally own all of my single game lineups but uh Derek carr it, I, it, it he's an abomination and i and I, I have no idea how he's still starting it's been so long and the raiders are never, ever going to be good as long as Derek Carr is on the roster, unless he's the backup. 
I mean, the Raiders would be 11-5 and five with Jameis Winston. Let's just be honest about it. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.